Ladies and gentlemen, from the depths of flyover country adjacent to the land of Oz, the Kansas City on the other side of the mighty Mo, welcome to Hitting the Bricks with Kathleen, the genealogy show that features your questions and her answers. I am John, your humble hubby host, and on this episode, Kathleen will be talking to Angie Rodeski from the great state of Delaware, also known as the Small Wonder, the Blue Hen State, the First State. But enough of my latest Google searches. Let's start Hitting the Bricks. Good morning. Let's do this never again. Well, you were ready for 9.30, Angie. I was. That's how we are here in Delaware. We're ready to go. Of course. Just like that. Just hanging on to the whole uh, first state. Yes. Oh, thank you for recognizing that. Many people don't. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I did my research yesterday. I, I didn't know. I, I had to look up how to spell Delaware. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it's uh, New Year's Eve day, right? Is that how we say it? Yes. I think so. I think it's just New Year's Eve. But we're here with, of course, the brick hitter herself, Kathleen Brandt and our very special guest, Angie Radeski of Delaware, the first state. Thank you. So Angie, you submitted a question and it was about Cornelia Josephine Herrenberg. Is that correct? Correct. Tell us a little bit more about Cornelia. We don't know a whole lot about her. She is my dad's um, great-grandmother on his maternal side. And all that we know is her name was on some forms and, and some writings and communications back and forth. We hear Josephine Gray. We hear Cornelia Josephine Gray. We've even heard Cornelia Emma Josephine Gray. In the research that I did, I just was focusing on Cornelia or Josephine Gray because that's what appeared in a newspaper clipping that I found on where she married her husband, uh, Charles Herrenberg. The story that we've been told on her is sparse, I guess is the right word. There's a lot of holes in the story. Our understanding is that Charles met her while traveling south and going into Illinois to pick up something for his job. As to what his job was that required him to go there, there are thoughts that it had something to do with lumber and something to do with road work. Nobody actually can verify, and I've not been able to verify exactly why he was traveling like he was. We do know that Charles' family is German, very strong-willed German women. And when he came back with Cornelia, the family story is that she was not accepted into the family because she was either Creole, she was mulatto, or she was black. But we have, you know, those are, those are like those stories that you hear in the family. You never know exactly what the truth is because sometimes people will color it or shade it the way that they want it to be. Kind of like my dad who used to try and say we were related to the chancellor of Germany, Wilhelm Brandt. <laughs> That's a whole nother family, story. Family folklore. But, family well, those, folklore. That is the, that's what I think caused a lot of problems in doing this and trying to break through this brick wall is like John just said, the family folklores. Some of them make your ancestors look great and look good. <laughs> or you have, you know, you have the other end. The black sheep of the family. Yes, exactly. So let me ask you a few questions so we can get okay. a clearer picture. Okay. One is you mentioned a newspaper clipping that you got where they got married, but you didn't tell us where they got married. Where was that? It was in Cape Girardeau or Jackson. It was in Jackson, I believe, is where it was that they got married at. I found the clipping while I was doing research there 
in Cape Girardeau when I went with my parents to go share some family stories or dig up some family stories. And so for clarification, you are referring to Jackson in the county of Cape Girardeau. Correct. I'm right? sorry. Yes. In Missouri. Mm-hmm. Correct. So we're talking Missouri here. And what's the time frame you're working with? She and Charles were married in, I think it was 1889. Okay. Um, I do know that her time of birth, she was born in 1865 and she died in 1890. And the only reason we know this was because there was a headstone that was found in a farm field. Okay. Angie, as far as you know, did they always live in Cape Girardeau? As far as I know, yes. When we're looking at this time frame between 1889. Correct. And she was born in 1865. Correct. My question to you is your exact question, who were her parents? Or is your question whether or not she was Creole or mulatto or black? My question is who is her parents? And I say that because I believe once I find out who her parents are, I can fill in some of those other blanks as to, in reference to maybe finding out her race and where she actually lived at and what she was doing. So I think once I'm able to find those parents, it may answer some of those additional questions. But for you, for this brick wall, I'm focusing on who her parents are. Okay. I want to add a couple things here because the first thing I would ask any client is, have you taken a DNA? So have you taken a DNA? Yes, my dad did. Your dad took a DNA. My dad took the DNA. He took a Y DNA or did he take an autosomal DNA? I believe it was a Y DNA. Okay, hang on, hang, hang on a second because I've got a question. Okay. Yes. So there's DNA. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you're distinguishing between autosomal and I'm assuming the, the sex chromosome because you have the autosomal and you have the XY. The y mm-hmm. What is the difference when you're asking that of Angie? What, why is that important? Well, because her dad's Y in this case would not solve her question because the Y DNA only follows the male trail. So one of the things I'm looking for is to see if Angie or any of her first cousins have taken the autosomal DNA, which is 23andMe or MyHeritage or uh, Ancestry.com, because that is the key to solving this issue with so Mm -hmm. little information. And I'm sorry, one more, and then I'll let you get back to it. Would her father taking an autosomal provide the same? Or is he... Oh, he, it no, would help. It would help also. And since he's already taken the Y, that tells me he's taken it on family tree DNA, mm-hmm. which means we can still upgrade even if he is not around. And I, I don't know this scenario. We can upgrade his DNA to the autosomal family finder within the same company. Thank you. So Angie, okay. this is, I want to make sure, have you taken a DNA? I have. Now I need to backtrack because he did it on Android. Ancestry. So I'm assuming he took the autosomal. If he took it on Ancestry in the last, probably since 2010 or 12, yes, it would be the autosomal. If it was before, okay. it's possible a Y, but it's still null no. and void. He took the autosomal. Okay, excellent. So with his autosomal, which is good for at least five generations, okay, we can identify the family. Now you also mentioned okay. this last name, Gray. Where does it come in? Is that her maiden name? That is her maiden name that we have. And you actually have seen that on documents. Is that correct? Correct. So Gray as in G-R-E or G-R-A. 
It's A G R A Y. Gray can be with the <laughs> yeah. E or an A, which Angie needs to keep in mind also because she needs to put a wild card there. Yes. So when she's doing those searches, she should say G R and then put a question mark Y because it could be either. Um, you're talking. You're talking about in, in like a Google search or, or a database search, like database search. within uh, Ancestry or Family Tree or any archival search. Is it? Is it actually a question mark or because I know in some it's an asterisk, but it's actually no, a question asterisk, mark. Okay. An asterisk is used for more than one letter. Asterisk is used for oh. when we have several letters we're missing. Mm-hmm. And so we would put an asterisk and then say, but pick up when you see the next B in Herenberg. Uh, that's I see. when we use the asterisk. Yeah, I'm a multimedia instructor, by the way, people. Go ahead. Oh, wow. So, Angie, when we're talking about the DNA, I don't want to go deep in the woods, but as long as you all have the autosomal DNA done, which is the 23andMe, MyHeritage, and Ancestry, any one of those, because we can also populate those to other companies. When we're talking about that, that's going to be your key because you know her maiden name was Gray. So what we don't know is her ethnicity or her race. And when we're doing DNA, it also shares that information with us. We'll also be able to see your cousin matches further back. That's what we would look for in that DNA also. I can tell you that to me, this is not yet a brick wall. What it is, though, is a family who's working on folklore. And I'm sure there's a reason that they didn't like her. But let's talk about that a little bit more. Okay. You mentioned that this is a very German, German family. Very strong German family. Now, they didn't have any of the baloney rings that they drove around with, as far as I know. Um, but that was a strong German family. <laughs> so the baloney rings. Angie <laughs> happens to be teasing me because I come, my, my parents come from Western Kansas, from a German territory near the Yoder, the Amish Mennonite territory. And baloney ring, a ring of baloney is a big thing out there. And on vacations, we always had our garlic ring of baloney that was made by a local. And the local local Germans, not from the grocery store in the little town front called Nickerson, Kansas. And we loved this because it was just part of our practice in Western Kansas. We all had it. And Angie is teasing me about that. Because I didn't know what baloney ring was. And that was something you and John were discussing on your opening. I had absolutely no idea what ring baloney was when she said, we have to go get ring baloney. I have no idea. I know Oscar Mayer baloney. (laughs) You all are so honorary. I seriously, I have never heard of that before. And I moved here Mm -hmm. to Delaware and they had Scrapple. And I thought that was weird, but ring baloney. What what is, oh, help me with Scrapple. Scrapples, whatever is left over in the meat processing facility. Oh, okay. They just put it together in this little lard looking spam mm-hmm. kind of cut out and people slice it really thin and fry it and eat it. Oh, it's I'm like head about... cheese. Oh gosh. Yes. I would know nothing bad. about head cheese were it not for my wife. That's Someone because you me. all don't understand the importance of the German influence, especially in the Midwest, which is getting us back to the Herrenberg family. <laughs> oh, going back. <laughs> the spotlight a little bit too bright there, Kathleen, yeah. on your past. All right. <laughs> Let's get back to business. Yes. 
<laughs> so Cornelia Herrenberg, what was her husband's name? Andrew? Charles. Charles Herrenberg. Charles Herrenberg did come from Cape Girardeau County, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Cape Girardeau County, Missouri is part of the Rhineland of Missouri. Now, Missouri has a section not not far off of the uh, Mississippi River, actually Cape Girardeau, Missouri is actually on the Mississippi River, but you sit Jackson, so it's a couple miles away, maybe eight to 10 miles away from the river itself. But this is a strong German community. Mm -hmm. I've done research on it, and there's things on my blog that you can just go in and search on the blog for Rhineland, just put in Rhineland spelled just like it would be spelled in Germany. Okay, now I have a question. You're referring to Rhineland. I did not realize because... Like you said, in Germany, there is the Rhineland. Is Rhineland, is that a town? Is that a an, an added name? Is that the name of the water land? Hang on a second, Kathleen. Angie, are you frozen? Yeah, let's pause for a second. She'll probably dial back in. There we are. Can you hear me? Yes. No. Okay. So we had our technical difficulties. Okay, so, straight to the highlights. <laughs> uh, you asked me, why is it called the Rhineland? The Rhineland area of Missouri is made up of 11 counties settled by the Germans. Okay. Okay. And you can find out more about it on my blog. I even have a map on my blog for you for that. Okay. Thank you. That clears that up. I wasn't sure. The reason I brought it up is because you mentioned that this gray woman was an outcast. And one of the reasons is she might just not have been German. Um, You mentioned that you had a marriage record of of Cornelia and Charles. Correct. Was she recorded as Creole or mulatto or white or black? She was never recorded as black, but I don't have a lot of actual vital records with that type of information that provides me that much detail. Okay. So if she's saying that she is white from this, the census records or the marriage records, they all would have the race on them, then she's already declared herself white. That would stop Charles from introducing her as mulatto or black. So I don't know where that family folklore came from. But as I mentioned, the German community was not necessarily that welcoming to outsiders. So it could be any other history tied that DNA will expose. So again, the you're saying the the autosomal is going to be one of the things that gives a clue as to whether she was mulatto and passed for white? Yes, it would, because she would be matching at some point with a lot of other Black people. So why doesn't everybody just go out and get autosomal DNA tests? Let's they should. Get that, should get I, that I, I can't hang a larger flag to say, go get your, <laughs> a, your DNA t- tested. It helps us connect with all your family units and Mm -hmm. also your ancestry. By building family trees from that, we can go back generations and solve, in this case, Angie's Herrenberg issue. So one of the things I mentioned is she wants to do her DNA and and have it analyzed. You might have to have it analyzed by a professional, but what you're looking for are the grays in that family and your other matches. You're also looking to see the ethnicity of your other matches. And that will answer those two questions. 
The second thing you want is is to learn that geography. If you really understand the Rhineland area, that might help you to see if there were grays in the area or the community. Don't worry about the race at this point. You're just looking for proximity. And I know you said that he went and got a wife and brought her back to the family. Right. But there might be that some family came back with her. The third thing I'm going to suggest you do is look at some of the great resources you have in Cape Girardeau County. One would be the Cape Girardeau Genealogical Society. It used to be in the library there, but it has recently moved across from the courthouse. There's a Cape Girardeau County Archives. They're all in the same area. At the Cape Girardeau County Archives, there's a great guy there named, named, named Lyle Johnston, and he can help you, but there are other people who can assist you with this research. They have a lot of family history, what we call vertical files, and those vertical files might assist in some of the stories and the information that you're looking for. Okay. And the third one would be the State Historical Society of Missouri. We have in Missouri seven branches of the State Historical Society. One of them is in Cape Girardeau. And there, I've always worked with a guy by the name of Bill Hedelman. He is a wealth of knowledge, but all of his staff is great too, or all of the staff there. So you'll want to work with those three main areas. In St. Louis, they have several places like the, the Missouri Historical Society. There's actually two other places. Why don't I send those to you and okay. those links so that that all of our listeners can um, have some of these resources for their research also. We'll post the links in the uh, comments or in the description or something. Angie, did you have any more questions? When doing research and you come across someone who has posted an image on Ancestry of where she is buried at, mm -hmm. and you know, the only information you know is she's buried there. There's a sketchy picture of the headstone, but you don't have an exact location and you're unable to reach out to this individual to find out exactly where that image is at or where it came from. How do you break through that? So again, the local places will maybe be able to identify it, especially okay. uh, that the, where Lyle is with the Cape Girardeau County Archives and the okay. Historical Society. If she was not in the local cemetery, she was probably on one of the farms. One of the biggest farms there is General Green's farm. So I don't know if I would start there or not, but okay. there are a few farms that are noted in that area to have tombstones on them. Um, you were mentioning my dad taking the DNA test, the autosomal, and you asked about me taking it. Mm -hmm. um, so when I'm referring to my dad, this is not my biological father. He's still my dad though. And he is no longer with us. <laughs> so when looking to take DNA testing, I luckily have two brothers, which I assume if they were to take that test, I would still be able to collect that information that's vital to get these answers. If I did not have brothers that could do that testing, what would be your recommendation moving forward, say, for someone else who's looking to do this? Any blood relative. So an okay. autosomal test, it does not have to be a descendant. It could okay. be a first cousin, a second cousin, any blood relative. Okay. Male or female? Male or female. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Oh, that was That's a good question. Angie. Well, thank you. They, well, you're welcome. <laughs> Well, Angie, thanks for joining Hitting the Bricks. <laughs> Thank you. With Kathleen. I have, this is, and this I'm hoping 
I'm hoping that you will uh, uh, keep us informed of your findings. I'm, I'm interested myself. How yeah, you got to let us know. I will. I will reach out to you guys and let you know what I learned so we can solve this mystery of who Cornelia Gray is. Sounds like a good book. Maybe the mystery of Cornelia Gray. Who is Cornelia Ooh. Gray? Or the discovery of <laughs> Cornelia Gray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was good seeing you again. It was good seeing you guys. This is fantastic. You guys, I love this this concept. I forgot to mention a very important part, though, if you What's want that? to add this. Cape Girardeau County is one of the largest named counties in the nation. Besides the two North oh, what? Hey, counties. Oh, that, wait a minute. Is there a triple A book over there? <laughs> you don't get extra credit. Overland has 14 letters. Cape Girardeau has 13. That makes it one of the, the, the top ones. Well, congratulations, listeners. So You've made Prince it to George's the end of counties. another episode. <laughs> Thanks so much for staying <laughs> We want to thank our guest, Angie Rudeski, for her questions and spending some time with us and not screaming and running out of the room like I'm about to do. Thanks to Chewy Chewbacca Brandt, our full-time squirrel chaser and part-time editor, for his unwavering lack of interest in anything we're doing. The theme song for Hitting the Bricks was written and performed by Tony Fistknuckle and the Aphids. Pick up their latest video album at your local Blockbuster. We'd love to hear what you think about the podcast, so stop by our Facebook page at A3 Genealogy and let us know. Anything else? Blockbuster doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs>